you know, if you ever look in your hymnals, you ever get online, you ever think about some of the songs, church songs that may be important to you or, or some that are just related to your upbringing in the church or to your own faith, I bet there are plenty of hymns about the resurrection of Jesus. We like to sing about Jesus coming out of the tomb for good reason. We like to talk about and sing about Jesus coming up from the grave. I bet also, you look in that same hymnal, think about some of the, the same hymns, some of the same songs that are meaningful to you. There, is, there are songs about the power of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost, what we, we remind ourselves, is that, that time when the Holy Spirit of God came upon those disciples and instantly transformed them into apostles and sent them out, filled them with power. So on one hand, you have the resurrection of Jesus that is talked about, that is sung about, that is it's so important. And then you have the Holy Spirit coming to the disciples, something so important, something so meaningful to our faith. And right in the middle of that, you had the ascension. I bet you nobody in here can think of a song they've had in their minds about the ascension of Jesus. It just doesn't have the flair of the resurrection, right? It doesn't have the excitement of the coming of the Holy Spirit to God's people. It's just kind of the story. Maybe we've heard about it. Maybe we haven't. Right in the middle of these two great events where Jesus gathers his disciples one final time, offers them a blessing, and then ascends. You and I read that story and we think, eh, give me the Holy Spirit. Or give me the resurrection of Jesus. But today is our chance to consider perhaps what the ascension means for us and to think that maybe, maybe the ascension of Jesus tells us something very important that we've been missing. You see, when you're in the middle of great things, you tend to get kind of crammed together. Sometimes you get forgotten about. Any middle children in here? You know what we're talking about, right? You know, the firstborn, oh, the firstborn, and the baby, oh, the baby. And you're just kind of here like, well, that's the ascension. Y'all with me now? When you put in the middle of two things or more things, it just kind of wears on you, just kind of pushes you, kind of takes you out of the picture. I want you to put in your mind Jesus walking around for these now 40 days or so. You see, he had to come back. After his resurrection, he had to come back and talk with his disciples because none of us remember anything the first time. He had to say, hey, you remember when we talked about, does it make sense now? Hey, you remember what I said to you about, and they said, no, well, let me remind you. We've been through 40 days of this, and finally he says, now come with me. Leads them to a great mountain. They're there before him. We read a little more into the story. We realize that some of them are happy to be there. Some of them are still filled with doubt and all kinds of emotions as they are there with Jesus. Jesus says, now everything that I've reminded you, everything I've told you, is for you to take out for the rest of the world. And off 
offered him a blessing, and then he was gone. And it's what happened next that I think is important for us today if we want to consider how the ascension of our Lord might have an impact on our lives today. You see, he had been promising them things already. He had been telling them things were going to happen. He had repeated the things that were going to happen. They didn't get it. He still repeated. And now some of it, just some of it, begin to, making, begin to make a little more sense. But he says, there's still one more thing that's going to happen. And I need you to wait for it. I need you to wait for that one thing that is going to change everything. Y'all with me? Now, maybe they wanted to ask him a few more questions. Well, can you explain that? We're paying attention to now, Jesus. We've, we've got our antennas up. We hear you. Tell us a little more about that. But before they could, he's gone. Now, maybe they've learned their lesson. But when he's gone this time, whereas before they scattered, whereas before they went their own way in fear and doubt, whereas before they found places to hide, running from people, they did something very meaningful today on that mountain. If you heard what Luke said, they worshipped together. As they were waiting for this great gift of God, the only thing they could think to do as they were there was worship. Luke even says, after they were done there, they said, okay, he said, go to Jerusalem. We need to start listening to this guy. This guy knows what he's talking about. So they go back to Jerusalem, and Luke says, even when they go back to Jerusalem, you know what they did together? They worshipped. And it seems to me that I know just a little bit about so many of your stories here that there are times when there are things pressing around us that would look to squeeze us out, that would look to make us feel like we are so insignificant, that would make us feel like we don't matter in the realm of everything else going around us, so much so that it feels like we've been squashed down to nothing. But I want you to rehear the promise that Christ gave to his disciples, which is the same promise he gives to us today. Just wait. Power's coming. Power is coming. Just wait. Now, while we're waiting, I wonder if we could think of anything we could do together. I wonder if we could begin to understand that when we feel pressed, that when we feel squashed, that when we feel like everything is pressing around us, that maybe, maybe those are the times when we don't worry like we tend to do. You know people who worry over everything? Some people like to say those people are called women, but that's not fair. Because I know some men worriers. I know people who worry about their worry. But when we feel like that, we don't worry more. When we feel like that, don't doubt more. When we feel like that, we don't just run away. You know what we can learn how to do? Worship. Now, I know we call this a worship service. I know, yeah got to get ready for church, and you got to get on here on time. But do you think those people on that mountain, you think they were worried about a church service? 
You think they really took up an offering? They worshiped. I don't know exactly what that means, but I have in my mind that they probably sang some songs together. They were probably yelling. I know some of us, we think worship about, is about coming and sitting down quietly and listening. Uh-uh-uh. Ain't nothing quiet up on that mountain today, y'all. Because Jesus said the power's coming. He told us that he was going to go away and come back. He did that, and now he said the power's coming. So you know what that means? The power's coming. Ain't nobody quiet on that mountain today. What about here? He's not quiet. I hear you, man. A child shall lead them. Maybe we need to remember worship. Worship isn't getting all fancied up. It isn't getting somewhere in time. And it is certainly not something you do once a week. It's a part of who we are every moment Maybe there are times when we do come together as a group and we do sit down. We do hear certain things. We sing certain songs. But I tell you what, you could worship just as much in your car as you can here this morning. You know those people who say, I don't need to go to church. I can worship wherever I want to. They're half right. There is something meaningful about when we come together here. Amen. There is something meaningful about when we come and we have a family who brings a young life to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I feel like we can be just like those disciples who can look at that young life and say, Oh, young man, the power's coming on you. And the power's coming on us too. I know life has a way Surrounding us, choking us, threatening us, making us feel so insignificant. Friends, I guarantee you, if you and I can learn, even in those moments, to worship. To be able to say, God, you are still God. God, I still love you. God, I still praise you. God, I am hurt but I'm going to stay as faithful as I can be. God, here I am. But God will still give you the power, just like he promised. Amen? Then we should pray. Because often, let's be real, our first response isn't always worship, is it? Our first response for many of us is anger, impatience, fill in your own blank. So if you want to make worship more a part of your life, not just on Sundays, but every day you have breath, would you pray with me this morning? Oh, God, we know that you are here with us. And we know that the gift of the Holy Spirit has already been offered to us, but we have been reluctant to receive it. Forgive us, Lord. By the power of that same Holy Spirit, fill our lives with worship. Fill our lives with peace and joy. 
kind that only you can offer and have. In Jesus' name, amen.